Hi guys, this is the uh, the only Kids in the Hall podcast, aka Kids in the Pod, which is our Twitter and Instagram handle. Hey, send us an email at kidsinthepod at gmail.com or message us on Twitter and Instagram. Tell us how angry you are that we don't like the Kids in the Hall as much as you do. Because <laughs> Does that happen already? Do you not like it? No, it, ha- it, it hasn't happened yet, but I think that's going to happen. I, I, by the way, I'm Nick Ramirez and uh, I'm joined today, as always, by my co-hosts, Amay Lutkin and Jared Emick. J- how are you guys doing? Uh-huh. You know, good, good. I'm worried about a May. I mean, I'm worried about a May. Let's be Why? honest. Why? Because you're cold. Because you're a big cold. You I have a minor cold. And for um, any listeners who are interested, I did get tested for COVID. And as of this recording, I do not have it. But who knows what the future holds? It's really a mystery out there. Stay so tuned. You got to listen to the next step to find out if a May fell deathly ill. <laughs> oh, no. And we're joined today by our, our guest from, uh, from UCB's Sketch Cram. Uh, Stacy Kulo, Stacy. Hello. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. Also from Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. Yes, which is the TikTok and podcast. <laughs> I like that you say it's a TikTok first. <laughs> primarily a TikTok. No, it's primarily a podcast. But we did hit 10k on TikTok today. Huh, that's wow. amazing! Congratulations. 10k on TikTok. 10K followers. Did you like reward your followers with a special TikTok video for them? I feel like I see that a lot. Uh, creators. I need to um, make one today after this. Do you feel like they're responding most to the Buffy portion or the Gilmore portion? I should vocalize. This is a podcast. Um, yes, they're responding <laughs> mostly to the Gilmore portion. Get way more views. Well, yeah, because really? your podcast your podcast is about you and your boyfriend watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and Gilmore Girls both one episode at a time. Yes. Because you were a Gilmore Girls fan and he was a Buffy yes, fan. Yes, neither of us have seen the other show. That's so interesting. I used to always rewatch Buffy with anyone I was in a relationship with, and I would like start to measure the length of our relationship <laughs> based on how far we were into the season. So that's funny. You make it to season seven, and he's a keeper. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you measured like whether or not you were going to stay with him based off how he reacted to Buffy, but you just well, used it as a I time know. Stamp. I mean, if we keep watching, then he must be into it, right? You know? That's true. What if he's only staying with you because he wants to finish watching Buffy? That would be yeah, that would be really fucked <laughs> up. And that could have been true back in the DC era. Now I don't know. Everyone could have access to streaming, but when I was in high school and college, definitely. You should poll all your exes and see were they in it just for the Buffy. Yeah, I'll take a little walk down memory lane. I love messaging my exes and being like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get back together. This is just a really crazy question. <laughs> Jared had this really offhanded, stupid idea that's not worth pursuing. So I figured I'd poll all my exes. <laughs> well, Amay, we're doing that thing that you hate where we talk about things. Yeah, you love this. I love it when you put that on me when you clearly want to move on to the next thing. But okay, let's do it. I know. I also just wanted to ask Stacey about her general thoughts about kids and all. Like, did you did you ever watch it growing up? Or did you ever, have you seen... Was this your first Kids in the Hall episode? It's probably my first whole episode. I've maybe seen some sketches, but I, I'm not familiar. No, she came in naked. Is it on HBO? <laughs> what did it air on? Stacey, would you say you came in naked? Yeah, I watched it naked. But naked? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it aired on HBO. It's creepier for me to say. <laughs> it aired on HBO in America and uh, the CBC in Canada, at least the first few seasons. At some point, it switched to CBS in America and uh, and the CBC in Canada. And they um, aired on Comedy Central, right? Is it just in reruns? It aired on Comedy yeah. Central, yeah. Uh, but that's where I saw it. I, I used to watch it every. I, I feel like I watched it at lunch on on Comedy Central all the time. 
Which is, it's a weird lunchtime program because a lot of it is unappetizing and gross, especially in today's episode. You mean you watched it at lunch like over the summer or something? Or, yeah, or the mythology during... of how Nick encountered kids in the hall grows every week. <laughs> were, were you in school or, I don't understand, during lunch? I mean, they didn't ha- you didn't have your laptop with you. <laughs> no, I think it was. No, yeah, nobody, no one did. If my, no one had if laptops. I'm, yeah, no, Maybe if I like, got this timeline right, there's no way you could watch anything at lunch. So what, well, we've established Nick is a liar. Um, <laughs> Stacey, I, were you excited about watching the show when we asked you to join us for this? Or were you like, I, I have no connection to this? I was excited to watch it. Uh, yeah, I, since I hadn't really seen it and I knew people talked about it, I figured it'd be a good show. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if that (laughs) to be the case. And so I thought in my head, this show will be good. I said, (laughs) "Did you? Do you have any memories of Kids in the Hall other than this? Like, do you remember any sketches? Do you remember no? uh, The man that plays the 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 daughter in the sketch at the table, like the family's Dave Dave Foley, yeah, with like the curly hair, the Matt Besser one. No, no, she's in the McDonald. McDonald. Yes, one of those two men. Seemed familiar. Mm. That's well. McDonald is the one who teaches at the People's Improv Theater, as we've brought up many times. Do you think they listen to this? Well, we haven't released any well, of this recording okay. yet. I hope they don't, because I think we're pretty rude about their show for no reason. <laughs> Good. Um, right currently, I think. Currently, I think nobody listens to it. <laughs> but hopefully that well happens. we released one episode like a day ago so i mean well, we let's give it some time we will can you mean it promote yeah. it on my tiktok oh please, please. <laughs> i got a list of stuff if you could just kind of throw it on your tiktok that'd be very helpful um so nick did you do your your song thing or are you giving up on that entirely no i'm not giving up on that entirely hold on one second <laughs> gotta share the screen here Okay, so this is season one, episode five of the Kids in the Hall. It aired November 21st, 1989. And of course, number one on the charts in the U.S. What is this? This, this is unrelated? No, this is November 21st, 1989. We're setting. <laughs> oh, it's so related, you have no idea. Go ahead, Stacy. We're setting the scene. This is what the people were listening to on November 21st, 1989 in the U.S. Millie Vanilli, Blame It on the Rain. Number one on the charts. Wow. I know this from Full it House. It does give context. From Full House? Yeah. One of the girls sings it in one of the episodes. Huh. Uh, and of course, number one on the US, or number one on the charts in Canada. Well, it's our old friend Sowing the Seeds of Love by Tears for Fears, uh, which we've played on the show before. I like this one better, I think. I think I do too. My vibe is in Canada. Um, and of course, number one at the box office, Back to the Future Part Two. Wow. And you could get a ticket to that for just three ninety nine. I just watched the first half of that. Nick, are you a Doc Ock guy or a Michael J. Fox guy? Doc Ock is a Spider Man villain. Yeah, what? What does have to do with anything? Yeah, yeah Doc. <laughs> Whoops. Just bringing that up. As Doc like Brown. Doc Brown. That's what I meant. I- <laughs> I had a Spider-Man. Doc Brown versus Doc Ock. What do we think? <laughs> yeah, Doc Brown versus Doc Ock. Who's your favorite Doc? Uh, Documentary? I go, <laughs> I go Doc I go Doc Brown every time for sure. I'm A, Stacey. Was it Doc Brown and who? Well then oh. who the hell is the Doc and Back to the Future? It is Doc Brown. Uh Stacey, oh, okay. the, the the binary 
uh, Jared is artificially drawing is Doc Brown and Doc Ock. Two, the two most famous is Docs, apparently, at least in his mind. Maybe Doc That's Ock. Right. Doc Brown's a lot. And he hangs out with a boy. Doc Ock is a lot. And I he... agree with both of those things. Yeah, but Doc Ock was... He does was... try to kill a boy, so yes. they kind of have a lot in common, actually. Um, I think that I will go... Yeah, I'm Doc Ock, just because I enjoy that universe more. Anyway, so we have this <laughs> opening for this episode. And, Stacey, this is your first episode. You probably don't know this, but usually every single one opens with a blackout sketch that's very brief and usually very absurd. Okay. And I would say that this sketch like has a similar tone, but it's quite long. That's what I noticed about it. The drum. I've lost my drum. I've lost my Indian drum. I've lost my drum. I've lost my Indian drum. I have the drum. The drum is mine. I have the drum. She's doing fine. It's a lot weirder than the than the usual blackouts. I feel like usually the blackouts are stuff that I could see being could see being on stage. This one is just. It's like something a performance art troupe would do, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, the blackouts normally have a pretty clear setup and punchline and as you said are shorter. I really like this one. I thought this was really funny. The the, the shot where they kind of suddenly show uh, McDonald's legs hanging over the windowsill really made me laugh and I, it almost looked like they were puppet legs or something, but it it uh I don't know, the poses made me laugh. I I don't Sometimes I don't know if I'm laughing at it or with it, but I guess it doesn't really matter. I, I was enjoying it the whole time. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay. Am I alone? I think it's an interesting visual, too. Uh, just this weird graffiti that he's standing in front of, and you don't know exactly what's going on. Then you see Kevin McDonald up there, up above with his insane hair and his pajamas he's wearing. Um, yeah. The, the, the actual content of the sketch is ridiculous and just absurd nonsense but i i thought it was funny the performances are funny and i thought the uh i thought the sketch worked overall stacy i'm sensing a thumbs down yeah i mean this is a really weird introduction i didn't i was what the hell is this i think that's i think that's kind of what the kids in the hall like to do is to throw people off guard and have just do weird stuff maybe for the sake of just being weird okay they're very they're very uh confrontational if you like uh they, they like to do stuff that is strange and push boundaries do you think especially bruce mccullough and mark mckinney do you think that um what is that anti what is that sketch show called anti whatever's house of oh anti donna they also open with a drum sketch but i guess that's their first episode this is not this is my first episode not their first episode right yeah i don't, I don't remember I, I watched the first episode of anti donna that's that's a very weird show. I prefer that drum sketch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to watch this Auntie Donna. That's Ackerman produces that, right? Yeah, Scott Ackerman is one of the producers on it. I'd say it's front loaded. Mm. I, I liked it less the more I watched it, but I liked it. It was exhausting. Time. I felt I thought it was exhausting. Like just so they're they're all so hyper and so much going on in every episode. I just had to stop watching. <clears throat> I guess I didn't really like this sketch that much. <laughs> Just, uh, it just felt like too long. A lot. I it was know. too long. It just felt too long. And, but I did enjoy the visual of seeing like old, their old Canada world um, of the street and everything. I, don't know. I just remember you guys kind of like the surrounding area of where they are and put it in context a little bit. I just remember you guys last time um, 
you know, talking about the fact that it, stuff doesn't always have to follow game and stuff's weird and absurdist. And, and now here we are, <laughs> the epitome <laughs> of Dada art. And well, I think also I, it's I'm like, meeting I a lot of resistance. Fan. Like I just, every time Mark McKinney's in a sketch, it's got to be really good for me to be on board. <laughs> he does I seem, see. he does seem especially creepy in this sketch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look, look at his face there. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, how about, oh, Stacy, Stacy, I always like to ask, do you think this opening is cool? <laughs> oh, yeah. This part was good. Do you think they're the coolest guys in the oh. sketch comedy? No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Did you have like an iconic um, vision of sketch comedy when you were growing I up? I didn't. Like, a- I didn't really grow up watching no. sketch. No, so you didn't think about it really until no. you started writing it? I didn't. I, I I did improv first and then Did you watch SNL, Stacey, or were no. you No. Wow. Weird. You're weird. Yeah. Well, since then, have you watched any sketch? Or are you still just like a baby discovering? Are you a baby every day? No, I watch SNL all the time. I mean, when it's yeah. I don't like watch it not on Saturday. I watch it when it comes out. <laughs> um, and I watch. Yeah, I feel like any new like I watched uh, all the Tim Robinson show. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, Auntie Donna, you're a big fan. I guess. Of that first sketch. No, I feel like most, like, I've been watching sketch in the last, like, five or six years. It's new stuff that uh, comes out. Since you've, right. so, since you've been on teams, uh, sketch teams at UCB, I guess, you started kind of getting into yeah, it. Yeah, or since I started studying sketch, I would say. I, I should say, Stacey, you're the one of the directors of Sketch Cram at UCB, where, which is a show where you, uh, I mean, not at UCB anymore because UCB doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But Sketch Cram still exists. But it's a show where you guys write and uh, and produce, perform a, a whole sketch show in one day, a whole live sketch show. Um, so I don't know why I brought that up now that I stopped talking about it. <laughs> I was waiting for the, the big question you were setting up there, but you just wanted to say what was on your mind and... I guess uh, cool. I guess we'd like to get your opinions of the kids in the hall from that perspective, from the perspective of a director. Like, uh, could I like, have done better in one day? What would you? What would you? Yeah, right. Yeah, how would you adjust? Is this better than your average crayon? Like <laughs> would you? I guess like a lot, what I'm wondering is like, uh, what notes would you have given these sketches if they were brought into you? Yeah, by? cut, note, okay. judge. I'll do my best as we go. The first one, I just did not know what it was about. <laughs> Well, what about- I gotta say that I actually, this next sketch with the business guys, I felt like it really worked for me in a way that a lot of their sketches have not. Like, I felt like the yeah. premise was really clear and they gave like funny performances, like they're taking on the emotional life of their clients. It's like these two business guys negotiating like a date structure between a man and a woman and they both want different things, obviously. I'm sorry, I can in no way say that this represents the interests of my client. It's a standard itinerary, Gerald. Dinner, dancing, and intercourse. I beg your pardon? <laughs> Dinner, dancing, and intercourse. You mean a quick hump, don't you, Gerald? I do not mean a quick hump, Gerald. Do not use that expression in this office. Children come in here. Um, uh, but then it just takes like a weird turn with the like, we're gonna get this girl wasted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We're in 2021, yeah. baby. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think they're trying to play into just like just continue the pattern in the game. I think of like, well, what's the cliche? What does a guy want on an average? Oh bird? yeah, what does I mean, I definitely want? think like no, I, time, but you're right. It, it was like totally okay to be like, well, she gets drunk while sex. I think that's totally fine to say for most of human history. So, so much gin. Didn't they say twenty four yeah. ounces? Yeah. I would bark. And you know what I actually think? Maybe I should wait till later. But I think that that girl who we see throughout the episode puking is the girl. Oh, oh, that's that's an interesting theory. Yeah, that's a fat. That's a fan theory. Fan theory. I think. Well, I kept thinking to myself, like, this is a weird character in the in the tiny head crush sketch of like the woman that just is puking and puking. And then he kind of I guess at the end, he sort of helps her. We'll get to it, but I, that was a very strange character and choice, I thought. <laughs> but it's true. It's, it does relate back to this. I thought the sketch was great. I, I I mean, other than the obviously problematic parts towards the end, but uh, I thought it had a lot of good jokes. I liked... Uh, I, I did notice this one point where, um, you know, the joke was, your client ejaculated Gerald. And <laughs> then he responds, sadly, very sadly. But in between, he says sadly, and you can hear an audience member go, sadly, and kind of like laugh <laughs> <laughs> at the joke. And I'm like, man, that it's, I'm surprised that this doesn't happen more often, but it's rare am I watching a sketch show with a live or any comedy show with a live audience where like you hear people call out, because that's a thing that certain people do. Like you hear people call out a punchline or like a joke after a joke happened. I don't know. It just struck me as weird. I thought maybe they should edit that out or something, or or I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. I, I know I'm devoting too much time to this. For... Maybe just mic the audience better. But yeah, yeah, yeah. audience, if you hear this and you're that guy, could you please get in touch with us? <laughs> well, it's a weird. The audience is mic'd weird the whole time. I feel like I feel like the sketch like doesn't do as well as it should for most of it. Like I'm not hearing a lot of laughing throughout, and maybe that's just because of the you know, pace and those style of, of, of performance. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good sketch and I'm like trying to listen and there's no, there's no big laugh. I mean, maybe that's just because they don't have as many like obvious punchlines as most sketches. Yeah, I, but. I didn't notice that. I, I But uh, that's interesting. I didn't notice that it didn't perform very well because I was just enjoying it the whole time. I, I, really, yeah, no, I was too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I like it when they play a businessman. I think they're really good at spoofing the self-important uh businessman tropes uh what were you gonna say me i was gonna i while i was watching this i was wondering what you all thought was the appropriate number of dates before sex is uh expected <laughs> i mean isn't it three isn't that like the standard i'm not expected say, but that's like this the standard it, it probably it might happen at three i would say three to two five three to five i mean i i guess the assumption is if you're on a third and you've had a good time all three times then you know it's not, again, no one's obligated to anything or, or entitled to anything. Um, but that's, I think, the expectation. Interesting. What do you yeah. think of me? I mean, I've, I've been all over the place with this particular thing mm. without exposing myself too much. But <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that your whole deal? You expo- that's your whole, you're writing a book about exposing yourself. Dating-wise, <laughs> <laughs> well, dating-wise, dating I mean. Stacy's naked uh, amazed exposing herself. What's going on in this show? Anyway. Oh, I'm not a pervert weirdo. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess I would I mean. say like between three. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I guess the last time I dated somebody, yeah, was like maybe the fourth date. So. Oh, so perfect. Dead on. You know, there was like some making, you know, like I think you build up to it. 
right? Like you're going to kiss the person first or something. Yeah, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah I would hope that goes without saying. There's that line by Michael Douglas from uh, Black Rain where he says, I usually like to get kissed before I get fucked. That's romantic. Oh, no. There wasn't there wasn't real sex happening there. That was more a negotiation situation, right, Nick? Yeah, he wasn't talking about having sex. He was talking um, about getting fucked metaphorically. And kissed right. metaphorically, too, I guess. Anyway, we should probably move on to the next sketch, yeah. uh, which is... The head, head crusher. crusher. We're, we're back to the to the head crusher. This one's called uh, Crushing Disco One. Hey, miss, aren't you beautiful? See the homeless, you bimbo. I catch you. Does this happen every episode? No, <laughs> but it's this is the second time we've seen the head crusher, I think, or the third time. My watching partner told me that this is a recurring bit, and that his yeah. mother loves it. Wow. Wow. He's also my romantic partner. Ah. Hmm. So your secret romantic partner has a mom who enjoys this sketch. Very interesting. Yeah, this happened in the pilot, which I I, I was unaired, right, Nick, originally? So No, you you keep why would you (laughs) why would you think it was unaired? Why would you think they would shoot I, a whole hour long pilot and then not air it? No, it was I a special. It was a special. Okay, that aired it was on- a special. Fine. All right. <laughs> whatever. But this is if you're counting the, I guess, mainline episodes, then this would be the first appearance. But no, actually, it, it was the it second was, appearance. No, it was also in episode one. The head crusher was in episode one. Oh, oh so this oh, is a, the third appearance oh. of the head crusher. Oh, okay. Mister Tyzik is his name. So did you like this character enough that he should be brought back, Stacey? I mean, it was whatever. I, d- I guess I don't enjoy him as a man, but I guess the concept was kind of fun. I feel yeah. like I've experienced this uh, being quoted like in real life. Like I've never seen this, but I do remember someone like when I was a kid, maybe like like doing that, like doing this voice and like maybe it was like a I'm guy in my class or something. Yeah, it might have been me. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like- <laughs> See you in twenty years. Um, um, of course, I have some some stuff to quote from the book from the from the uh, the book "One Dumb Guy" by Paul Myers about this about this head crusher. I don't think I said this one the first time we saw him, uh, but uh, he says uh, he, Mark McKinney says I'd hear this old guy, probably Yugoslavian, yelling at the hockey games all the time. So I started doing a version of this guy in what I call my standard foreign voice, and Mister Tyzik was born. I think what we both loved about Mr. Tyzik was that his crushing heads device was such a fabulously diluted way of fighting back at power, a more passive-aggressive way of giving someone the finger, which I guess wow. makes sense. I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. But That's it's... pretty deep for a head-crushing guy. Well, I think Mark McKinney likes to think about sketches a lot. Like he's a, he's a, he's, right. He doesn't just write on... A, Maybe he does write on passion and impulse or whatever, but he, he's a very thoughtful guy. I, I thought compared to most of the head crushers, I liked this part. I liked uh, this is the one where he says, uh, feed the homeless, you bimbo. That's that struck me as funny. Um, the folding chair made this one work a lot more for me. There was something about him sitting in that folding chair as if he was like, you know, at like a NASCAR race or the beach or something and just kind of doing his thing in that chair. It made me laugh a lot. Um, that doesn't usually, usually I'm Well, I'm used to him either crowd, hiding behind things or running around on foot. And uh, this idea that it's this like kind of 
leisurely activity like he just sits down and does this i i and and he scouted this location i guess presumably uh added to the humor for me and he spares kevin mcdonald here because he's too much of a loser thought that was funny uh but yeah so then we see this the first uh for the first time we see this uh drunk girl who may have been the the girl from the two Geralds scene earlier. What a Romeo. What a cigarette smoking Romeo. What's this? The vomiting goddess is your date? You uncaring creep. I cuss you. I cuss you, cuss you, cuss you. I definitely enjoyed him making her puke more than I enjoyed the head crushing. Variation on a thing. Because he can actually, like, that actually did something. Like, he's not actually crushing their heads, where, like, he him touching her tummy <laughs> like caused something to happen not actually but... <laughs> well he's not actually touching her tummy to be clear. i know but you know what i'm saying like it it felt more like he was mm. affecting her because it was actually mm. something was actually being affected in the world yeah i like that um at one point he says i'll help you get empty i thought that was yeah. a funny way that... <laughs> of describing i mean creepy but funny um I think that he has like a very perceptive uh, read on everybody in line, which is kind of a new reveal about his character that he can like just look at somebody and kind of analyze who they are. Yes. Um, do you guys want to talk about the second head crusher now, or do you want to save that for later? Well, sure, we can talk about it. Uh, so this is the one where he ends up helping the the drunk girl, I guess. <laughs> I no. guess, or he just stands her up, right? I he mean, he's it... standing her at the bus stop, and we must believe him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, this one didn't really work for me. Uh, this was not my favorite. I, I don't know. I was impressed with how fast he went down those stairs. Yeah, he must go up there a lot. <laughs> those are scary stairs. Yeah, physically the sketch was great. I mean, just <laughs> just to be able to move around like that. Yeah, I think it kind of they they were trying to make the head crusher give him some like empathy and like make him seem like a good guy i guess but yeah he crushes heads but he loves you know <laughs> he wants to help people overall you know he, he only wants to crush heads of of like people that deserve to have their heads crushed but look how tiny she is she's 111 pounds <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scarf down scarfing down gin as they said yeah i feel so. like uh i mean i guess they sort of wanted to make a comment on this and helping her and her being with scott thompson in the beginning but it could have just as well have been a guy who was barfing his face off and then maybe that would have felt a little less i don't know i don't know weird am i wrong i don't think that they're implying anything sinister happens to her but no it's hard not to think about it especially like yeah that's all i mean it's hard to think. <laughs> especially today like when we yeah yeah uh okay so this next sketch is called uh grand what, what is it called good grandpa well you know uh we yeah. had a little bit of good news today oh, oh yeah it involved your grandpa oh, oh yeah. good yeah. Seems that Grandpa had himself a little poo today. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great, Grandpa. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah I pooped. <laughs> sure it did. How long has it been, Grandfather? <laughs> wow, four years. Wow. Uh, so this is a <laughs> this is a very strange sketch where Bruce McCullough plays uh, a grandpa who had his first poo in four years. And the the family is very ce- celebratory about this fact uh, and very encouraging of, of the grandpa in a very uh, 
almost like a paternalistic way, maternalistic way. I, I, what did you guys think about this one? It sounds like I mean, Stacy did not like it. <laughs> Go ahead, Stacy. No, I just like, I don't know. I was on board for a while, but then when he like pulled out the shit, I was like, <laughs> what is this? I did enjoy when the dog, that's heightening, baby. When the dog came out, <laughs> and they all clearly were in, like live, delighted by the dog because they the, whatever that yeah. poop was, the dog had to get rid of it. it yeah, but I don't know. I just didn't really get the joke. It's funny we're proud of Grandpa for poop. He said he hadn't pooped in like four years or something. Yeah, yeah. This I love going... that reveal on the knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Four years. <laughs> I thought that that was funny. Um, and this will be yeah. his. He thinks this will be his last poop ever. This will be his last poo. Uh, he thinks that was an amazing read by Thompson. By the way, I think he said that was my last poo, and this... Thompson said no, Bruce... it wasn't. Oh right, <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, you know some people. Um, get a little uh, bothered by gratuitous or even at all poo references in comedy. Like it's an easy, you know, go-to or whatever, or they're just viscerally disgusted by it. I don't know what it says about me. I don't mind poo. I don't mind farts. Uh, I don't, I mind, don't mind any of that. No, I know you don't mind poo. No, I know you don't mind poo. <laughs> you don't I, know. I believe me. That, that <laughs> if there's anything you don't mind, it's poo. But um, I do... I do think that this sketch is funny. I think it's well played out. They do a great job of like setting up families. We've talked about them kind of as, I guess, as respectfully and and kind of thoughtfully as they can, like play full, well-rounded female characters. And you feel like it's a real family. And I don't know. It is just about him pooping. But I just love the commitment. And uh, like you said, Nick, I think it does heighten. Like, I think it's... The, the 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 structure of it is more traditional uh, than most of their sketches in a fun way, even though it's all about poop. What did you think of me? I love poop jokes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this was, was a good sketch, but maybe I was just like completely blown over by all the poop stuff. I didn't really want to see it, but then once the dog came, I was like, well, they earned the. <laughs> it was worth it. I love. I love. Want to break because they never do that, and they were all like. Yeah, as Stacey said, like glowing with joy to watch this doggy the fake. It's true, away. they never break. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? They don't break? Oh, uh, I don't think so. So far, not really. I don't think that I can recall. I loved uh, Bruce McCullough's performance here as, as the grandpa, too. I thought he was. Yeah, he was good. I, there's also a line I wrote down that Dave Foley said when he was like, he got a C. And... Oh, wait, hold on. I was about to play that. Let me. Okay. Hey, little scamp. <laughs> yeah. And the teacher says it's not just an ordinary C oh. either, it's a special C. It's a C with promise. Wow. <laughs> well done. She says, still too soon to say, yeah. but I might not be stupid. <laughs> Was that the line you were going to talk about, me? Yeah. <laughs> I did like that. That's how I feel about myself, I guess. Too soon to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dave Foley is so good there. That, I don't know. I, 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 Dave Foley was always my favorite kid in all. And, and uh, not always, but back and forth between him and, him and Bruce McCullough. And uh, yeah, I thought his... His performance there was really funny too. Agreed. All right. Well, should we, we love on? poop? That's a four-way seal of poop approval. <laughs> well, Stacy didn't like it. You, well, she likes poop. Did you guys she, like grow up watching this though? I did. See, Nick did, and May and I did not at all. I saw some um, of it. I saw some of it. Like there are sketches I've seen on this 
as we're going through them that I remember, but a lot that I don't. So I think I must have just caught it like weirdly. There's piece of meal. Yeah, there's one you didn't watch it every just, lunch. Yeah. Like I, I wonder did. if there's something to like knowing these people where I'm just like, I don't know these men. I don't know what they normally do that makes this like unappealing to uh, me. No, I, I hear you. I, I, honestly, this is probably my most enjoyed episode. Uh, yeah, me too, at, actually. Uh, since watching this from the pilot. They're and, getting uh, to know them. They're getting to know the kids. It, it, I, it does help. Okay. I think something... I think something too that they that the show does is they there are a lot of uh, sketches where the the kids play themselves like uh, and address the camera like this next one we're about to see is Scott Thompson's uh, it's called Explore Scott and it's uh, just kind of a weird commercial about taking a vacation on Scott Thompson's body. Hey traveler, <laughs> tired of Florida, tired of Hawaii, looking for something. Uh different for your summer vacation? Something a little off the beaten track, perhaps? This year, why don't you come to me? Come on. Come to Scott. Come on. Mm-hmm. Exposing himself, butt naked. Like another on these themes already. Sketch that I thought was going to be a blackout, and then it went on a really long time. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was going to be like, "Just come to Scott Thompson blackout." I'm like, "Okay," and then no, uh, we had to like look at all his crevasses. <laughs> I was going to say I like this one. I really like the the premise, but the, I do feel like it went on too long, and it didn't really like heighten. No, right. I was like, okay, we yeah. we get you got a nose. Show us your dick, <laughs> and I didn't get out of here. <laughs> Show us the dick already. That's what I was shouting to. And I also thought that, like, I agree, Stacey. I think it's a good premise. And I was laughing up top and kind of excited to see it. But, like, the jokes, uh, like House of Wax, his ears, my cavernous nipples, a belly discotheque, which I don't really get other than just it's his belly and he wanted to say discotheque. Like, I I don't know. I feel like it just could have used a punch up all the way around um, as far as like the individual body parts and, you know, things you could do, like slide down the knee and stuff like that. Yeah, it didn't seem like it was written by a professional sketch writer, I guess. But the, <laughs> oh, wow. But the uh, the premise was 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 good. I agree. Um, and uh, I should say this is a fact I learned about this one. The sketch ran on HBO, but not on the CBC, I guess, because of some kind of censorship rule. For standards, standards, I can think of, I, yeah. you're saying. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Um, well, I wouldn't imagine why. Maybe, maybe his ass. I, there, there's no. There's nothing really shown that. Yeah, but we're very like ass hesitant here, you know. Well, we're, I'm talking about Canada, but maybe Canada's ass Can- hesitant too. I don't know. And it is, is like Canada ass hesitant. If you're listening from Canada, let us know. Write in. Are you ass hesitant? And it was like <laughs> uh, Canada in the '80s too. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's why. They were just too horny, too sexy. Yeah, and also, I mean, it might have just been too gay for, oh, yeah, for Canada in the 80s. Funny. I don't know. All right, uh, so the next sketch is our extraterrestrials dull. This, what did you guys think of this? So this is uh, Dave Foley kind of addressing the camera as uh, as a uh, extra UFO alien expert, suggesting that maybe... Uh, Aliens do exist, but they are just boring. For the entire duration of my stay with the aliens, they never once turned off the TV. There was almost no conversation. And when they did talk, it was about what they were watching. Usually my three sons. 
Being a dentistry student, I, of course, have a scientific mind. I would inquire about different things, such as uh, medical techniques, means of propulsion, uh, social organizations, but nothing. They just go, shh, Ernie's having girl trouble. And then we cut to some documentary, some fake, obviously fake documentary footage, uh, explaining how boring the aliens are. What do you guys think of this one? I felt similarly to the previous one. Like, I was excited when they announced the premise, but then I didn't really like the beats. Like, I didn't think the specifics were super funny. Um, uh, I kind of agree in that I like the idea. I'm glad that they brought up the fact that there are people who believe aliens, like, came to Earth and kind of set us on our feet for human history because there are a lot of people who believe that and they would explain why there's so many boring people out there but yeah the specifics of what boring means kind of like got muddy for me like i wish they'd have a different person in mind it's like this person's almost like an old fuddy-duddy in a way that you don't really see around anymore like i think they're probably more even in the 80s better more, more modern people to roast for being boring and stupid or whatever yeah at one um, point it became just uh these guys are so boring because they're bald it's like yeah like i like the idea of them watching t that to me was funny that they just like watch tv and no conversation and, and they <laughs> like, only oh. talk about what's on tv which is what we're doing right now i noticed yeah oh my god it's true <laughs> the aliens been here i did like wow. um this hair work from scott foley i was and about all to the, say like, that was by far my favorite yeah. part. dave yeah. foley but yeah yeah i did feel like it was uh, parody i have to correct you I have to correct you on that. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Stacey, you were saying it's parodying what? I felt like it was parodying something I didn't super understand, mm. like a specific show I maybe hadn't seen. Over The whole thing or the chair joke? Uh, the host bit in general. Oh, oh. Yeah, I don't know if that was like a, uh, oh, God, what's the name of the guy who uh, interviews rock stars back in the day? Uh, you guys know who I'm talking about. The, the old who... interviewee guy. <laughs> Do we interview uh, rock no. stars? I have a cold, so I'm like kind of mixing up names. Howard right now. Stern. Whatever. I think Jamie no, Foley no. does come out and do a lot of these bits, though, where he's the host of a sketch, kind of. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. To me, it, it's not kind of reminded me of that show in search of with Leonard Nimoy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Oh, yeah. Um, that's kind of what I think maybe they were drawing from, but I think they were. I mean, it also kind of reminded me of a. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I, I don't think know that's, if that was even on the air yet. That's maybe what I'm thinking of. Yeah, kind of. A, I didn't yeah. really watch that, but it's like something vaguely seen. Yeah, a good premise. Dick Cavett, guys. Dick Cavett. If anybody was hanging on to that, what name I was trying to think of, it was Dick Cavett. And I don't know if that's quite parroting here, but I think it is that style of show. Um, I like the clock beat too, the grandfather clock and the watch. I like most of Dave Foley's work, and I like that scene you just skipped over there, Nick, of where the uh, the guy who was visited by aliens was owner of Ricky's Gifties. I thought that that was a fun name of a store to own, and I was tickled by it. But uh, I agree. The gist of the sketch I thought was kind of weird, um, meandering, and, and long-winded. The parts, especially without Foley, were felt just like it was a long walk to get to every punchline. Yeah. I also liked Ricky's Gifties. <laughs> All right, well, so the next sketch was Elvis, and this was a model. Basically, it started, it was a weird one. It started out with like what seemed like a blackout sketch, which was just uh, four, four of the kids uh, dancing like Charlie Brown characters wearing striped shirts. Uh, and, then, uh, and then it turns into a monologue where 
Bruce McCullough wishes, wishes that Elvis were his landlord. I have reason to believe that if Elvis were my landlord, my life would be a lot better than it is right now. <laughs> People would come over and say, hey, great place you got here, Bruce. Got any vacancies? I'd say, ask the king. He's over there hosing the gunk off of something. He's always working. If Elvis were my landlord, we'd say stuff in the halls like, 42 tenants can't be wrong. Gee, I could go to his house anytime and borrow a cup of sideburns if Elvis were the man. I like this one. I like I like Bruce McCullough's weird monologues. But what did you guys think of it? I love the energy of the beginning. I kind of wished it had been a blackout. Yeah. Um, it lost into all this stuff. But watching yeah. them is so fun. It's really a good That's, watch. It's yeah. exactly what I said, Amay. I, I feel like it's great, but it's just too long. And it really should have just ended with that first Elvis impression um, that McDonald does. Because that was, I thought, kind of a perfect way to cap that. And uh, just kind of weird that it kept going. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really find the Elvis part funny. And I think if they did want it to be about the Elvis, that first part needed to be like half the length it was, if not shorter. It was like a minute and a half before we got to the Elvis thing. They danced for a long time. There was a weird joke I really appreciated where they said... uh, What do you mean you paid your rent to an Elvis landlord impersonator? I'm thinking like, wait, what? <laughs> like, what is the logic now in this sketch? It is just so, you know, I don't know. I mean, h- how do you guys rate the Elvis impression overall? I mean, I mentioned Andy Kaufman earlier. Um, he's, of course, the, the all-time legend when it comes to Elvis impersonations. It didn't no. really take me, but it was fun to watch Kevin McDonald's get to play confident guy <laughs> for a change. Yeah, high effort. I felt like he, he gave it a real good go. Yeah, I didn't get the impression that he was trying to do a particularly accurate impression, right? He was just trying to be goofy, but I could be wrong. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, goofy, but he had to land the tone of it, sort of, to communicate at least that it was Elvis. <laughs> but I hear you. What are you saying, Stacey? Uh, is the implication that he died at the end, right? Maybe? Maybe not? Because Elvis, uh, Elvis dies on the remember. toilet, doesn't he? Oh. oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. And I guess the implication is, yes, he died. Oh, right? I didn't pick that pick up on that. I thought it was just uh, he. It was all a dream. I mean, it was all a dream. I guess like Elvis wasn't really his landlord. Right. right? Okay. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, it's a sketch, so I don't think there really was a landlord at all, really. Oh, no, that's true. You're right. What do you think about the yeah. the clothes they were wearing? What What was the. They, they, the, you know, at first I the thought that t-shirts. it was Peanuts characters. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that, that idea kind of went away quickly. But the fact that one of them was doing that kind of famous dance with like, you know, the hands like perpendicular to your waist and the neck sticking out. Like, you know, that, that classic, uh, I don't know which Peanuts character it is here, right? I think it was Foley, right? And the next to the... Well, I, I mean, the they, were, they were all dancing. Second from the right. They were all dancing like different Peanuts characters from that... And they and oh, were they all were they all modeled after Peanuts dancers? Yeah, and, yeah. and dancers. it was oh, okay. and it was to the the Linus and Lucy song. Yeah, the, I feel like no. They, well, that yes, I know what the song was. Yeah, yeah, they changed the song ever so slightly. I think. Oh, did they? Any... Okay. Yeah, but it was definitely the same feel. <laughs> but then to kind of, I guess, just abandon that, right? 
Well, they have often do that where they like have a few weird ideas that they kind of put all in one sketch. And that's sort of what happened here. But I think we all like preferred the first half <laughs> than the, to the second. I did like yes. the second half, but I'm outvoted clearly. <laughs> okay. Well, we already talked about the last sketch, which was the uh, the second beat of the head crusher. So I guess that's the end of the episode. Stacey, what did you think overall of your first exposure to Kids in the Hall? Sounds like you didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I just, I didn't really get any of it. Uh, I mean, some of the, like, I appreciated the... Oh, come on. You, you got some I appreciated it. the dating sketch. I thought the, um, the naked man one was funny. And I liked the setup of a couple of them. But then just, like, none of the jokes really tickled me. Like, I don't think I laughed. Wow. I have a question. Um, do you feel like it's because... I mean, you could just say, oh, it's all these things. But was it more like the performances or that it's more experimental or and you're kind of like have a different taste like what do you think was turning you off about it mm, i don't think it was necessarily the, the experimentalness of it i'm fine with something really weird yeah maybe just because i don't know them so like their performances didn't seem special to me just because i don't know how they normally act so they're all just like acting super weird yeah does that, does that make sense <laughs> yeah i think like, it's so. hard to appreciate the a performance when you don't know the actor like base you know like what they're it is something that we've noticed about the show right. is that they allow everyone in the ske- in every sketch to be weird everyone in every sketch gets to be over the top and funny and crazy uh even the straight men uh, get to be uh funny i guess is something that I've been... and you also don't give it enough credit i feel like <laughs> it's okay if she doesn't like it <laughs> yeah i think it's okay no no i'm no 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 i'm oh, tell me i'm about to make a a point for Stacy, <laughs> what, what, what I was saying, what I was saying is that I think people don't give enough credit to the fact that, like, you know, they watch SNL and they turn it on every week and they know these people and they know about like Pete Davidson and what he's up to in the news or whatever. It's like if you didn't know anything about the SNL cast and you had never watched SNL and you turned on an episode of SNL. I think there'd be a lot of shit that you'd just be like, what? Or like, why is this guy doing yeah. that? Or what is that joke about? Like, they're very, very self-referential. Kids in the Hall maybe not self-referential, but they they clearly embrace their own personas, I think, in a good way. But in a way that is probably tough. I mean, the pilot, again, like I said, I've liked this the episodes more and more and more as I get to know them. And I think for a lot of these sketch shows, like Python 2 and... and Probably Auntie Donna's since we brought it up earlier. If you're just coming in cold, it's it's gonna feel weird. Like they all kind of look like um, the same person to me. Like I couldn't have told you who was in what. It is just fun, <laughs> I was the I same guess. way when we started. I got everyone. I didn't know anyone basically. Well, uh, Stacy, if uh, if somebody, if a writer for Sketchcram brought in these sketches, Indian Drum, the two Geralds, Ooh. the the lawyers. Uh, good. Well, I'll exclude crushing your head because you can't really do that on stage. But good grandpa. Exploring Scott, our extraterrestrials dull, and this Elvis one. Which ones would go in the show? Which ones would be cut immediately? Well, which ones would you say? And not just. And which ones would you say maybe yeah. this one needs a rewrite? What 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 are your, okay. what are your thoughts on that? Can you give them to me one at a time again? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> first drum one, is out. No, no drum. drum. Is out. Okay. <laughs> uh, the two dating. the Geralds. The, the dating uh, one's good to go. Let's do that one. Okay. Uh, good grandpa. How do you pitch drum? Man, that would be difficult. I think good grandpa would be fine. It maybe needs a, a punch up. Or so. I, I feel like it'd be funny to give the other people in that one a deal. So it's not like all about that. And they kind of had like the boy who was having school problems. But I don't know. It was a little too much about the poop. I like that it was happening. Would you uh, would you say cut the 
cut the poop or do you want or are you, are you okay with the actual poop being on stage oh, the poop on stage is fine you, you have to have the poop on stage okay how about explore explore scott that one's i mean you can't super do that on stage but if there's a way to do it that i'd say do it okay maybe that would be a video i guess yeah you guys do videos mm-hmm. uh are extraterrestrials dull again that one needs some punch-ups but yeah that one could go on that kind of show i think I think what we're finding is that your standards for Sketchgram aren't that high because you didn't like these sketches <laughs> and a lot of them are going in. <laughs> well, that's kind of how Sketchgram is, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Stacey, but it's like, well, yeah, you got to write know, it. In everyone's kind of coming and doing their best. You got to deal with what you got. But I do think some of these sketches would be funnier if like you guys were in it. <laughs> wow. Oh, thank you. Oh, does that make that's so nice. So nice. Doesn't that, does that make sense though? Like, uh, yeah. It does to me. Well, you yeah, know, you've talked funny. about it for a while now, so... Okay, and then, then one last sketch, the Elvis sketch. And we, you can say maybe just cut it after the first. Maybe that one's just kind of dated. Like, I don't think that would, no one mm. would pitch that now. Why would you yeah. want Elvis to be a landlord? Probably yeah, right. Probably now, idea would, could you pitch? Probably now it'd be like, what, what if Lil Nas X was your landlord? Sure. Right. But yeah, what is the pitch for that one? Know, Liz, what if Billy Eilish asked for the rent? Am I right? <laughs> Well, that would actually be great on SNL because you could pretty much shoehorn whatever exactly. the host is into this sketch. I do agree with what Jared said for me that if you don't watch SNL every week, it's probably like, who are these people? Why? Like, I watched an episode with my mom, and I don't think she laughed once. A, because it's not really for her. Like, she doesn't really get a lot of the references, I'm sure, but she also doesn't watch it all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. Cecily having a good character doesn't mean much to her. I don't think I've... My parents just don't understand. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've laughed at us in, a lot, in the last 20 years or so. Or so. I don't know. Do you watch every episode? No, I don't. But uh, at times I do. You know, I'll go through periods where I'll watch every episode of SNL. And, that, and yeah, there's certainly some. I shouldn't say I've never laughed in the last 20 years. I've definitely... I remember what up with that. That was funny. <laughs> I'm not sure. saying SNL. Sure, that was a good one. Great, but uh, I feel Black like... Jeopardy. Have you seen that, Nick? With Tom yeah, Hanks. That was good. That's yeah. a good one. Well, guys, everyone, we've had so much fun talking about kids in the hall today. <laughs> Stacy didn't like it, but Jared and Amir are warming up to us. So that's fun for me because I, I, I will admit I am warming. I am warming. You... It took me what is this, the fifth uh, or the sixth? But I'm. I'm Were you guys like me in the first couple episodes? Yes. Well, there's a lot of really offensive content throughout the series, so we were kind of shocked and taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. I yes. honestly do think that this is the episode with the most premise-based sketches that we've seen, where it's like a clear what the game is, and they more or less stick to it. I think a lot of the sketches are more like the Elvis sketch, where it's like begins somewhere and ends up someplace completely different and weird, and you don't know what's happening and then jared was, was so refreshing about the lawyer sketch yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that was felt like just a solid sketch what were you saying about me nick oh i was saying every time that happens uh jared brings up monty python and we all have to pretend like we know what he's talking about um yeah. <laughs> guys uh i do have one more segment i have another se- oh. a new segment this is imdb wow this is imdb trivia this is so i looked i looked up the episode on imdb and i looked up the trivia for this episode and this is so fun, Nick. Thank you. The trivia for this one is references my three sons. That's it. Yeah. What? <laughs> it does. So good what? on them. Are you asking which sketch does or? 
Um, I wasn't asking, but do you guys remember? I, I remembered hearing it, but I don't remember. I do remember hearing it, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, I think it's the, the aliens watch my three sons. That might be it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I love the idea of like either somebody from Kids in the Hall editing their IMDb page or like some weird fan is like, uh, I guess I'll just put this in here. <laughs> <laughs> does it usually say more than just one thing i don't know stacy this is the first time we've done the segment so i guess we'll find out as the, as the episodes go along there was a, a a joke i didn't get um and maybe this could be a new segment jokes Jared oh, yeah. didn't get um this 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 elvis sketch um towards the end i believe it's mccullough who says uh i have your rent check elvis i won't give it to the dave clark five that's just another that's a band who, from the, who or what is that it's a band from the 60s kind of a british invasion band i see i see and to him that that was just an alternative to elvis like yeah, just another yeah. musical act was the joke it could have been he could have said the beatles or uh buddy holly i think right well that would have worked better for me i know who those are this has been jared didn't get that joke <laughs> oh, it's just, clearly a lively segment oh it's just a pop culture reference you don't know yeah, I don't know who this is. Let's talk about it. I feel like I'm learning and growing through this uh, experience. A lot of stuff I've never thought about that now I have to. <laughs> like uh, the Dave Clark Five. You never thought you'd have yeah. to think about the Dave Clark Five. No, I do. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sad. I watched it. I don't want you guys to be. Oh, that's, that's good. good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That would be horrible if you were sad you watched it. I never have thought of that as a possible outcome. But I yeah, then I would feel sad that you felt sad. And then maybe like all of us would. Well, I'm mad at you guys. Maybe I'll like the next one. We hope you're not sad that you listen to this. Anybody that's listening to the episode. And uh, until next time, <laughs> keep crushing those heads. <laughs>